Isaiah chapter 41 and the verse 17. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in high places. Now notice the I wills. This is the third one already. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar, the shitter tree, and the myrtle and the oil tree. I will set the desert, I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine and the box tree together, that they may see and know and consider and understand what an expression from the Spirit of God. Read again. That they may see, that they may know, that they may consider, that they may understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this. And the Holy One of Israel hath created it. Produce your cause, saith the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasonings, saith the King of Jacob. Let them bring them forth and show us what shall happen. Let them show the former things what they be. That we may consider them and know the latter end of them. Or declare us things for to come. We know the Lord will bless to us the public reading of his own word. The text which I want to call your attention to for a short while this morning has been on my heart for many, many weeks. It's the 21st verse of this 41st chapter of Isaiah. Where God says, produce your cause, saith the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasonings, saith the king of Jacob. This is the only time in the word of God that you have the word produce. And it means to come close to someone. It actually means to stand before someone where you can see them, touch them, feel them. Where you can hear them speak. It can be best illustrated by Queen Esther when she came in before King Ahasuerus trembling to make a petition for the saving of the nation. He held out the golden scepter towards her and she touched it. And she came near. And he said to her, what is it that you want, Queen Esther? 
What is thy request and thy petition, thy cause and thy strong reasonings? Or you wouldn't be here if you hadn't some strong reasonings. Produce now your state of case and state your case. Open your heart and come now and let us know what's burdening your soul. If we're honest, there's not one of us this morning who haven't a cause, a controversy, an argument, a petition that we would bring to God and maybe do so every day. Maybe there's a cause in your family. Speaking to a man in Armagh the other day, a week or so ago, lovely big man, says, all well, no, all's not well. Says, my wee granddaughter's been diagnosed with epilepsy. It's bad. It's getting worse. So be thankful for your healthy children. Maybe in your marriage. Maybe there's a cause. Maybe it has dried up. I don't know. Maybe it's to do with your health. Your job. Future. Finances. Maybe the church. Maybe an individual. I don't know, but you have a cause. I have a cause. We have a controversy. We have an argument. Often, that we bring to God. Now, we keep this text in its context this morning, which I always want to do. There's a truth that will bless your soul and the soul of this assembly and our province. You know, we sing the hymn sometimes, Marching to Zion, And we sing, the hill of Zion yields a thousand sacred sweets. Well, there's a thousand sacred sweets nestling within these verses that we have read this morning, which will be a blessing if I can draw some of them out to our soul. You see, scholars are not sure of the immediate context that Isaiah is speaking. The people of God, they're either in Babylonish captivity or they're on their way out in their hundreds of thousands. Now, I take it that they're on their way out. And I take it that men, women, and children, and cattle, and stock, and hundreds of thousands of them are in the wilderness. And they're in trouble. And in great trouble. The greatest tragedy that could happen to a multitude of people traveling through a barren desert is that there's no water. No water. They're caught. They're trapped. And their tongue claved to the roof of their mouth and their cattle and children and families and Famishing and dying. That's the text. 
There's one essential, urgent, desperate need to survive, and that is water. No crops, no life, no power, and it's no guessing what their petition is before God. Can you hear the fathers? Can you hear the grandfathers? Can you hear them crying, saying, Oh Lord, look at the children. Look at the wives. Look at the flocks. Look at the herds. No wells, no pools, no rivers, no fountains. Where, where is the rock that followed the million and two million out of Egypt? That supplied them for 40 years. Where's the rock? No rock. Oh Lord, you'll have to do something again. Or we perish. And well might we sing here at times, Oh for the floods on a thirsty land, Oh for a mighty revival. Waters in the scripture speaks about our Lord Jesus Christ, the fountain of living water. Speaks about the Holy Spirit. Speaks about the scriptures. It speaks about salvation. It speaks about revival, refreshing from the presence of the Lord, restoration and renewal. Water. Water. God gives them six promises. When they cried unto him and when they were desperate, he gave them six promises. Six I wills. He says it will flow into the valleys. Oh, brother and sister, this morning, God's promises, ye and amen. He's saying to you and me this morning, whatever your cause is, whatever your problem is, whatever your trial is, come near. Come near. Produce your cause this morning. And we need to produce our cause for this poor, benighted land of ours. We need to produce our cause for the young people and the children. We need to keep pressing on and in close to the Lord. Listen, we need to keep Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays going. be an awful thing to draw back when you're on the verge of the floods. Don't back off now. Now the first thing that we see about this text here is this people, there was humiliation. Because verse 17 says, when the poor and needy, that speaks of a beggar, The poor and needy. I tell you, these people were humbled. And before the Lord will lift the floodgates and quench the thirsty souls of so many people of God for revival and for blessing and renewal across our land, there has to be spiritual poverty. 
And we need to recognize that we can do nothing. These people couldn't bring one drop of water. Do you realize that this morning? I hope you people out there and listening to this this morning that are praying for revival will realize that it's the sovereign hand of God as well as the responsibility of man. We can do no more to bring revival, my friend, down upon us. Only do what God has told us to do, but we can't make it happen. No more than they could bring a drop of water down in the desert. What does it mean to be poor and needy? Well, I don't think the church... I don't think that the church in Ulster or Britain know very little about it. Humility. Doesn't mean to forsake our inheritance and sell all we have and live like a monk or a nun in some monastery. No, the Lord Jesus tells us in the first beatitude of all the beatitudes, and the Sermon on the Mount, blessed, happy are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. And all else flows from that poverty of spirit. That means when we fall down at the feet of Christ, hopeless and helpless, undone. And say, Lord, I am hopeless. Lord, I am helpless. Lord, I can do nothing. I've propped it up for too long. I've tried it other ways. When we fall prostrate at the feet of the Lord, and sometimes the Lord has to bring us there with our families, with our health, in order that we might cry out. And sometimes he brings us to the tongue claves to the roof of our mouth. In desperation, which I'll show you in a moment. All our worldly ambitions, all our self-confidence, self-reliance, self-experience, self-expression, self-esteem, self-pity, all the hyphenated sins of the day that we use. And the pride, oh, the curse of pride. In the list of the seven deadly sins, pride is the top of the list. The old Puritans called it the queen of all sins and the devil's eldest daughter. Let me say that to you again. The old Puritans called pride the queen of all sins and the devil's eldest daughter. Pride of face. Pride of grace. Pride of race. Pride of peace. That's what you see going on today with these COVID. Vaccines. All clamoring. Lying about one another. Saying that the vaccine that Britain has is not good, but the one in Russia is better. All the pride, all the Pride of peace. Who can get there first? 
That's not in the kingdom of God. I went into the doctor some years ago and I felt very well. But I was told to go in and get my blood pressure checked now and again and I went in, uh, I went in with another problem and uh, he took my blood pressure. She says, are you all right? I says, yes, I'm all right. I'm fine. I'm healthy. And he says, you're not all right. He says, your blood pressure is dangerously high. I didn't know that. I didn't know. You're sitting here this morning and you're listening to me this morning. And God knows my heart. But there's that old pride, you know, way down and you don't even know that it's there. It's a damnable sin. It's the first sin. It's the devil's sin, I call it, for it was that that took him out of heaven. Until we get that old pride broken and smashed at the feet of Christ. Until we go to brothers, until we go to sisters, until we put things right with our families. Don't be praying for revival. If you're not speaking to your neighbor, don't be praying for revival. Oh, but it's not my fault. It doesn't matter whether it's your fault or not. Don't be coming in here and praying, praying for revival and God to bless if things are not right in your life and in your home and in your family. What we need is a good dose of humiliation. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride and arrogance do I hate. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to what? The poor. And sinner this morning, listen to me. You'll never get saved unless you humble yourself. He has come to preach to the poor. If you don't come humbly this morning and hungry this morning and thirsty this morning, you'll never get saved. Listen, the well is deep this morning. Millions have drank of it. You'll hear that tonight. Millions have drank of it. But you have to come humbly. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Tell me, are you thirsty this morning? Spiritually thirsty, are you? Have you that longing in your heart this morning? Boy, I can't wait to Monday night Wednesday. I can't wait to get to the family altar. I can't wait to get out tonight. I can't wait to pray. I can't wait to pray. Is that you? All the qualifications that we need on our CV for God is poor and needy. I can't do it. And then he'll step in. You know, 300 years ago, Charles Wesley wrote that hymn that we'll be singing some of these Sundays, Jesus, lover of my soul. Here's a stanza from it. Just and holy is his name. I am all unrighteousness. Vile and full of sin I am. Thou art full of truth and grace. Do you know when they wrote that, they mocked it. 
Scoffers and humanists mocked that 300 years ago and they're still mocking it today. The world out there knows nothing about this. You put that on your CV going in for a job. Put it in. Vile and full of sin I am. Oh no. We're not dealing with the world this morning. We're dealing with God. And I'm dealing this morning with something laid on my heart that I believe there's a hindrance to revival in our land. I was preaching at a conference in revival yesterday over in Lurgan. And I, I saw young people there and a good number of young people, maybe 15 or 20 of them, crying to God for revival. And there's hope for our land yet. Hope for our land. Remember Peter when he fished that night and caught nothing and challenged the Savior? What does it say that he fell at his feet? On the old boat and he said, Depart from me for I am a sinful man, O God. He lay down at his feet when he realized the deity. We come so glibly into the presence of God. And Job and all that he went through and the man of God that he was, there was none like him in all the east. He says, I abhor myself in dust and ashes. A good part of many of our problems, my friend, is pride. When the day will come when we'll rise up of our seats and we'll lie here in front of the people and say, I'm, I'm, I'm needy. And that's what happens in the revival. John on the Patmos, he lay in his bosom time and time again when he walked with him through the Galilean hills and the fields and the mountains. And I tell you, when he saw him, he saw the risen Christ. He says, I fell at his feet and his belly. I fell as dead. Oh, God help us. There's humiliation quickly. There's desperation when the poor and needy seek. That's what the text says, seek. That's a strong word. This, this, the, these fellows didn't pray a wee prayer and put up their hand and say, or nod their head. Now listen, they didn't jump into a range, the top of the range wagon and ate a feed at dinner time and stagger down to their bed. They didn't sleep through the message. Men and women in this state are not interested in stock. They're not interested in houses. They're not interested in cars. They're not interested in money. They're interested in God and their sin and their need. Men and women in this state, my friend, will not be tinkering with pornography. They'll not be gazing at the Playboy magazine or who won the last football match. They'll cry like David of old, Oh, that I had a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem. And if we don't cry now, we'll cry. Some of you people without Christ, you'll cry forever for water in hell. The living water out of my belly flows rivers of living water, the Holy Spirit moving, working. Come and drink, he says, but you'll not drink. But until we come broken enough and desperate enough and 
thirsty enough and hungry enough and clean enough, we may forget about it. When the poor and needy seek for water, and there is none, and I'll tell you, I don't know where you go today to get good Bible teaching. The hungry sheep are looking up and they're not being fed in hundreds of our churches. They'll clap and they'll sing and they'll dance and they'll shout and they'll hug and they'll do all the rest of it. My friend, we can't live on that. I told them that in Lurgan yesterday. When we become poor and needy, and the poor and needy seek for water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. You either believe that or you do not. And all the six of them as well. Listen to them. I will hear. Come now. Do you believe God or not this morning for your problem in your family? Do you believe God or not for the problem in your health? Do you believe me or do you not this morning for that cause that you have and that controversy or that argument, whatever it may be? I will hear. Listen, I will not forsake. That's the number two. I will never leave thee or forsake thee. The problem is you don't believe that. Number three, I will open rivers in high places, fountains in the midst of the valley. Number four, I will make a wilderness pool of water. (laughs) I will plant in the wilderness trees, and I will set in the desert fir trees and pine trees, that they may see it. Friend, listen, as it closed this morning, that they may see it, know it, consider it, understand it. That the hand of the Lord has done this. And the Holy One of Israel has created it. He will get the glory then. How in earth's name could anyone get the glory in a barren wilderness of drought? When the water would come and the fountain. And my friend, there's a whole reef of stuff here that I wouldn't have time to go into this morning. There's valleys and there's fountains and there's rivers. There's no end to it. And springs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, I will. When you get thirsty enough, I will do it. When you seek for me with all your heart, then you shall find me. And I don't care what your cause is. Produce it now. Come on forward with it. Touch the scepter this morning. Come on, by faith. The Lord, now you know. Nobody else knows, but you know. Ask him for an answer. Money has bid you to come. Produce your cause. Bring forth. Come, come, come forward. Touch the scepter. Bring forth your strong. What is your strong reason? What are you arguing with God for? What are you trying to work your way out of when you can't? Think you can save your son? 
But God can. We're going to see it. We're going to see it. We're going to see the, va the floods in the valley. We're going to see the fountains open. We're going to see the rivers in high places. And rivers don't rise in high places. But this is revival. This is miracles. God stepped in when he heard them desperate, crying, tongue-claving. He gave them six promises. 